I'd rather be. This is your time to lit up with Angela Breidenbach. Lit Up is lighting up the literary world with book reviews, in-depth expert interviews, and ideas for you to design a lucrative writing career. Expand your imagination to enhance your life. Lit Up is always family-friendly, always good for your heart. Now, here is your host to Lit Up, Angela Breidenbach. Hi, everybody. This is Angela Breidenbach, and I am thrilled to have with me on my one-year anniversary of being able to do this show the same person who was on a year ago. Now, it's part of the anniversary celebration, but it's also because I had the opportunity to go and be a part of this conference we're going to talk about last year. It was an incredible experience Lots of great people and a lot of fun, but it helps us in connecting writers with Hollywood. And so please welcome to the show J.D. DeWitt, and she's going to share with us a little bit about her, about the conference. J.D., please tell us a little bit about yourself so our listeners can understand who you are and why your direction in the industry is a little bit unique. Hi, Angela. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited, honored, actually, to be the first interview you've ever had and rounding out the year anniversary, inviting me to be a part of that. It was really special to me to have you because I just really enjoyed having you on the first time. But uh, as we'll get into in the later on in the show, I'll kind of give an update of where Lit Up is going in the future. So just welcome, and I'm so glad you're here with us. Now, J.D., who are you really? (laughs) (laughs) So I am employed by a production company in California. It's called 5x5 Media. And as of January of this year, I am their director of development, which is an absolute exciting job of my dreams to have. I get to read material, scripts and books and determine if that is something that we want to take on whether it be our literary management division or our production company, that is what I do for a living. Mm -hmm. And then what you're referring to is the Connecting Writers with Hollywood conference that I am directing as my personal business, which is called Five Sons Media. Yes, I actually have five sons. (laughs) (laughs) It's named that. So the conference is what I do. It's my passion piece that I do. It actually ties in everything that I get to do professionally and in terms of bringing the producers and the authors directly together. And not everyone can go out to Hollywood and L.A. and and get meetings with the people who can actually greenlight projects. And Mm -hmm. so I bring those people here and into Spokane in the Pacific Northwest. So have you found that these folks in Hollywood enjoy coming up to the Pacific Northwest and specifically, like you said, Spokane? Or have you found that it's hard to get them? You know, it's amazing the yeses that I get First of all, my personality is one that aims high, and I always figure you don't get if you don't ask, and so (laughs) I always aim high, and I ask the CEOs, I ask the executive producers and and those types, people Mm -hmm. who I think will benefit attendees the best, 
And if I get a no, it's honestly, I'd rather have a no than an ignore. So I just move on. But I am just astounded sometimes at the level of people that I get yeses from, and especially just being my second year here doing this conference. Yeah, I had the opportunity to be there at the first conference and to do what we would call the book track where people wanted to maybe write books. I found that not only was the caliber of the other speakers, <laughs> yes, <laughs> faculty, I was trying to think of the word faculty, well, my faculties are in question at this moment, <laughs> but the faculty, I mean, it was really fun to meet the other faculty, it was amazing to me, because of course, getting to meet Brian Bird, who was there last year, is he coming this year? No, he's not. I wanted to bring fresh presenters to people because we do have return attendees. Mm -hmm. And although I would love to have Brian Bird back, I'll save him for the future conferences. He had amazing keynotes, amazing talks. He was really fun just to talk to around the breakfast table. You know, just amazing. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, two people who were attendees snuck into the faculty breakfast lounge last year. I do know that. I I had to intercept them from going up to Brian as he was eating his breakfast. (laughs) So listen, attendees, don't do that. Yeah. So don't do that. Best Um, practices are. (laughs) So the best practices of attendees would be, let's let's give a few tips of that first, because I think people go, yeah, and they're already intimidated, but they want to take chances too, because what if this is their only chance, that kind of a thing. So what are some great tips for attendees for attending the Connecting Writers with Hollywood conference? Sure. I think that's such a great thing. And especially since we were just talking about it jokingly, <laughs> the situation that you you were referring to is a great example because Brian Bird, when he told me he would love to come and be a part of this, his philosophy is, but keep me busy. I want to work when I'm at a conference. You know, I want to, I want to keep busy. I don't like downtime. And that's just a director's dream. <laughs> anyway, So when I do give them their downtime, I give them their own private breakfast area and just some time to kind of unwind. Nobody else knows that, right? They think Mm -hmm. he's just sitting there having a cup of coffee, but really he's pretty packed all day. And so to go in there and talk to him about you or your material or just to want to meet him is really not appropriate because I have him out there connecting with the attendees for a large part of the day. And so that's just a good thing to remember. Nobody's intending to ruin anybody's time or breakfast or anything. But obviously, if you can see the big picture of, oh, yeah, he is he's here for us, but he wants to eat his breakfast right now. I'll catch him later, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like so following him into tip. the bathroom. Don't do that. <laughs> Well, and you know, we had that happen last year. We had Mike Dill is a literary manager from Black Box Management, and he was very gracious. He's from Hollywood. Everyone knew he was from Hollywood by the way he dressed and acted and definitely was different (laughs) than the uh, Inland Northwest region. But he was very well sought after at the conference, and it was amusing to watch in a kind way. It let me know people appreciated him there. He had to leave the stage quickly to use the restroom. He was joking and said, you know, I've had a lot of iced tea today, so I'll be right back. So everyone knew what that meant. 
And I saw a gentleman from the front row peel away as soon as he left. And, and he picked up his script and was heading out. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. I thought, no, he's not. And the head, the volunteer person, I looked at him and I'm like, go get him, you know, get him. <laughs> And sure enough, that attendee followed Mike Dill to the bathroom, but Mike didn't know because he was cut off by one of our security guys. But it was just, I understand completely taking opportunity. But, you know, it's it's not okay. If those things happen. But if you're going to be an attendee somewhere, most people know that. Just please, I've been pitched to in the bathrooms on three occasions. I will never, I, I just don't appreciate that. <laughs> so Right. Right. It's a joke, but but it happens. I I am pitched to in bathrooms and it is a running joke, but clearly there's a reason for that joke, right? Right, right. (laughs) When something is is true, I mean, that's, it makes true comedy. And it's like, I think that's one thing that should be put into some of these Hollywood movies. (laughs) Because it's like one of these things that like sitcoms and the movies tend to have in them are writers because that's what they know. And so there, it's always about a writer, you know what I mean? So put the, maybe we need a comedy about the desperate writer. And then, <laughs> Hey, there you go. You're pitching to me right now. <laughs> That's actually funny. It, it is, is so funny. True. It's like, what are the things that have happened to you? And if you, if you could go through and get all of the different faculty or, you know, people that are in pitch meetings and stuff like this, what are the funny things that have happened to you? Jot those down and turn those into a show. You'd have a hit. <laughs> I love it. (laughs) There you go. That's funny. Yeah. (laughs) I will say I've been pitched to in a buffet line before because the the pitch sessions, I guess, for me were sold out. Mm -hmm. And so this lovely woman was getting pasta right next to me. And she's like, so your pitch sessions were all sold out and I don't get a chance to, you know, meet with you. (laughs) And it was so sweet. So I just said, well, what do you, what do you write? And honestly, I don't know if this is conflicting information here or not, but what she wrote just was exactly what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. And I asked for the material. I read it that night and the next morning I signed her and I ended up selling her to an editor Mm -hmm. within the year. Yeah. I mean, use your discernment, I guess, but I ironically, I did not sign anyone else at that entire conference except for the lady in the buffet line. <laughs> but here's what she did right. She respectfully mentioned, hey, they're sold yeah. out. I tried to do this the right way. And then she gave mm-hmm. you the opportunity to respond yes or no before she rammed into it, right? That's True. a whole nother yeah. ball. I, I went into, I, it was preparing the room for me to speak last year and Right as I was ready to go out and give my pitch to Brian Bird, I got a phone call from a dear friend whose daughter had been found that she had passed away. Oh. It was literally right before my pitch session. And I, oh. and I walked over to go get in line to walk into my pitch session. And the two other people that were there, super sweet people, they immediately started without asking me, without even looking at my face to see where I was or anything. They immediately literally started pitching me their pitches to practice on me. 
before we walked oh. into the room. And I'm and I'm sitting here, I had just come out of tears with my girlfriend for losing her daughter to trying to prepare my own mental, you know, place to go in. Yeah. So what I'm saying to other folks is don't practice your pitches on other people in line with you that are trying to prepare their own pitches. Oh, when, good point. Yeah. You know, it's not fair to that other person. And when I walked in to sit down with Brian Bird, I could not even, I couldn't, I could hardly even hold a conversation. It was so dumb. (laughs) And I was just like, I love this man dearly. I love his work. I appreciate him so much. And I was totally fritzed out. I'm just like, I got nothing. (laughs) And that's so uncommon, you know, when you, when you prepare for a pitch and you prepare for things and you've, You've got your work, and it's like I just could not bring my mind back around from yeah. death of a of a girl I know to these people just you know kind of yammering and stuff. And I feel really bad saying that about them because they weren't trying to do anything wrong. They didn't realize what had happened to me, and so I guess what I'm saying: not only don't just start in on somebody, but don't do that to somebody when you're in line to go into the pitch because you are going to confuse them as they're trying to prepare their own pitch out of graciousness. And you really need to recognize what the other person is trying to do as well. It's not just about you. Stay right where you are. There's more Lit Up right after this. Has anyone ever said to you, man, that'd make a good story, or you should put that down on paper but you don't feel like you can do it. Those fears in your head, who cares about what I have to say? Who would read anything I wrote anyway? I'm not special enough. If those are the fears flying through your mind like a plague of locusts, eating up your confidence each time you sit down to write, all those fears and more boil down to one problem, feeling unworthy. But you are worthy. God gave you a voice and all those ideas swirling in your head for a reason, to write them so that you can touch another person's heart. Let's tackle those fears together because you are worthy to write. Pick up your copy of Worthy to Write on Amazon in ebook or in paperback. Discover how the troubles from your past have prepared you for a beautiful future in Gems of Wisdom by Angela Breidenbach. In Gems of Wisdom, you'll learn how to forgive emotional pirates, better manage negative people, tough situations, and face your fears. Become the woman of courage, confidence, and candor you want to be. Get your copy of Gems of Wisdom, the treasure of experience today, wherever books are sold or at AngelaBreidenbach.com. Pick up a copy of the Captive Brides Collection today. Great historic romances, perfect for any season. You can get it online or at your favorite local retailer. We're glad you're back for more Lit Up. Now here's your host, Angela Breidenbach. And we are back with J.D. DeWitt. And we have been giving some tips on connecting writers with Hollywood Conference or just tips in general of how to act as an attendee at a conference. And I think those are really important. But I'd like to ask you, J.D., what is connecting writers with Hollywood really going to do for the attendee? I think we have a great lineup of presenters teaching workshops. It's two and a half days of education. Uh, Whether you're a novelist or a screenwriter or you have a concept and you feel like it's great and you don't know what to do with it, the presenters that I have are the variety. So we're trying to meet all of those needs. So if we actually have four workshops from professionals in the industry, successful ones, uh, Dave Trottier 
and Diane Drake. Dave Trottier wrote the Screenwriter's Bible. Mm-hmm. He is going to be there teaching courses on screenwriting. I mean, you can't, that's just phenomenal. People pay a lot of money to go to screenwriting school classes, you know, master's classes and such. So he's coming to teach anyone, novelists, on to how to write a screenplay. And I think that's a great opportunity. And same with Diane Drake. She has written movies for Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. and some other A-listers. And she's, she's going to teach classes on screenwriting. Then we have producers teaching. What do you expect from producer? What are your expectations? Just teaching about what happens when your book gets optioned to production. And I think that's really valuable information. We have literary managers. A lot of authors have literary agents, but managers are really kind of help you curate your career, your material and package it for you, help you get your brand. So do they work alongside the, man, I can't say it either, literary agent? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I am a literary manager as well. And I have actually from the conference last year. Can I share this? Yes, please. Uh, So we have an open mic time at our conference last year. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't present to hear everybody's read. But whoever wants to participate gets five minutes to read their material Mm -hmm. at lunchtime. It's an open mic. People are in there eating. And it's just kind of a casual atmosphere. I think we had 12 people sign up and read their material and I wanted to catch it because I'm, I love authors and I, you know, I really um, am in awe of them and when they create this material. And so I didn't get to hear it all, but my husband did and he was there. He has nothing to do with the entertainment industry, but he just knows me and what I look for. And he goes, I think you should look at this material that somebody read. He left me a copy for you. And I read it and I thought, wow, this is really, it was a memoir Mm -hmm. and it was just really intriguing. And so I just reached out to him and said, can I read a little bit more? And the gentleman, of course, gave me his stuff. And I ended up forwarding it to Chip McGregor, Mm -hmm. a literary agent, and said, I feel like this up your alley. And yeah, and Chip read it and same response and ended up signing him as a client. So I guess that story is it has two positives in a sense of that connection that the author made just by doing an open mic read who others might have put aside as, you know, oh, that's not for me. I don't want a part of that or whatever. Mm -hmm. The role of a literary manager, which is to place your client's work where it best fits. And so to have a knowledge of the industry, whether it be film or editing or, you know, anything like that to just kind of package up that client's material. So that's a good example of what a literary manager does. And we do have a few literary managers coming to the conference who are also producers who are looking, seeking material. Wow. I honestly did not understand what a literary manager was. And that is something that I might have to look into more in the future. I didn't get it. Yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of our readers or our listeners, maybe they don't get it either. Yeah. Gosh, I wish I knew offhand. I think four literary managers coming. We have one literary agent coming, Mm -hmm. Laura Bradford. I chose her because she also takes on independently published authors and sells their work to publishing houses. And that's kind of unusual because usually, you know, unless you have sold on your own 
a million copies, <laughs> it's hard to resell that. And so mm-hmm. I love her unique approach to what her business does. And she's she's sold some great things. So doing indie publishing or self-publishing has been retitled as indie publishing and for the word independent. And I found that certain things work really, really well for me. I have one book called The Debutante Queen that is well over, I lost count at 50,000 copies because when you're an indie, you can sell it in different ways than what the traditional market does. And it had originally been traditionally sold. And what happened was that fiction line for that publisher closed the day mm. I turned in the, the manuscript. <laughs> so they returned it to me. And it was a part of, there was two books in one, so an anthology or whatever you want to call it. But And because it was about when Montana became a state, and it was a historical romance and it was about that, my friend and I, she wrote the book 125 years later, and it was Montana's 125th anniversary at the time. And we just decided we had, it was our first foray into, I had done a couple of cookbooks indie, but this was you know, a whole different arena doing fiction indie. And so we started out that way. Then I was able to repackage with a different group and then I repackaged and I'm repackaging again. And, and then it's had like, Oh, I don't even know million, several million page reads, millions and millions of page reads on Kindle. And so you can make money differently as an indie than as a traditional. So had that book just gone traditional, it would have been packaged once. And the likelihood is that it would have been then rights returned to me. So instead, it's been packaged three times. And those three times have made me decent money on that one book out of the 17 I've written. And then, of course, the series of, you know, that came after it because of the success of that one book. And again, I'm back into, all right, now as an indie, I can determine how I want to do that again. So just curiosity, if you know that about me, using me as an example, so I want this to be how can other people use this, but using me as an example, and you know that I've done that, how would a literary manager then help me in my career, meaning hopefully there's other people like me out there that are listening will learn from what you're telling us. Yeah, I think obviously you've done a really good job of branding that book, whether even though you packaged it three times, you're still keeping a brand throughout, I'm assuming, Yes. in order to get all of those sales. Mm -hmm. So I think it would just be, where do you want that book to go to the next level? Are you done working it? Do you want it to go elsewhere? Do you want it like, you know, so yeah, so you have, you have a few scenarios. And then if your platform, you know, your audience is like, hey, this would be a great movie, but you yourself as an indie author don't have those connections, then you could look on to getting a film agent or a literary manager. It's just wherever you're at with your book. So wherever you want to take it next. Well, and I think when you're looking at an indie book, I quit counting it a year or two ago because I just, it, it was in so many different spots and going in so many different ways. But I think when you're looking at something like that, 50,000 is a really great number. But I think you're a person who looks at sales numbers too. So it's like when I'm looking at that and I'm looking at the amount of people that are left in the world to reach with it, <laughs> I'm like, oh, we are yeah. so far from done. <laughs> I want to take this puppy a lot farther, you know, because I'm like, well, that's only 50,000 people. But when you're looking at somebody buying books and 5,000 is a good number 
for an indie sale, you know. Mm -hmm. But to me, it's like, yeah, I would love to have every single book go 5,000. I've had quite a few do that. But but to see that they, you could take each and every one of those books and work them in different ways and repackage them, it's like, you know, you just have so much opportunity out there. So to me, 50,000 became a small number because I want to reach more. And I yeah. think if we as indies have that mindset, it gives us a much better business model than, okay, well, that book's done next. You know what I mean? You've got yeah. a, a product that can be repackaged and reworked to continue to bring in income. And I think you have that opportunity. And so that's why I'm curious how a literary manager might help change that dynamic for somebody who's like, yeah, I want to, I want to go bigger. Heck yeah. The literary manager is of the client. And so it's all of your works. They are pitching you, the mm -hmm. author, as a brand, not just your work, right? Mm -hmm. So when I, you know, my client, I am pitching her as a brand. And yes, we look at numbers. And yes, we try to be intelligent in, in ways to get her more sales. <laughs> but we just package her without going into a lot of detail. Mm -hmm. You're basically branding the author. And why do you want this author. And so that's what a good literary manager will do as well. You're looking at all sorts of things with her professional life. And for instance, this firefighter series writer, mm -hmm. she went and was just five years researching in several, several firehouses and just spent a lot of time. She got to go on calls. And so when that's in her pitch package that I present to people, it means she knows her stuff and mm -hmm. maybe she could be a consultant for whoever. And like you target literary agents and editors, mm -hmm. you would target a literary manager and find out what they specialize in. Well, that's pretty brilliant, though, at packaging as a possible consultant, because that's another yeah. stream of income. And that's really what yep. this radio show is all about, is helping creatives have lucrative careers. And it doesn't yep. always have to come from, like I said, packaging one book in many different ways. And you have 17 at least to go from. How do you package each one of those books in different ways or whatever? But I love the idea of like consultant. So mm -hmm. because that's something that I don't think everybody always thinks of. And I know there's FBI agents out there who do consulting for and police officers, they do consulting for different Hollywood TV shows. And I just think that's yeah. pretty brilliant. The average person today may not realize that they have some sort of expertise because of the experience they've done, such as chasing fire engines. <laughs> <laughs> I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you real quick before we have to go into the next break. Where do we find this conference you're talking about in this episode? Where do we find it online? Oh, sure. The website is cwwh2018.com. cwwh2018.com. And that stands for Connecting Writers with Hollywood. Yeah. 2018. All right. And how much would you say somebody should plan budget-wise to be able to attend the conference? The registration is 229 Mm -hmm. The venue is the Davenport, the historic Davenport Hotel. Gorgeous, by the way. It is. And they've given us an attendee rate of 129 a night, Very which is deal. a huge deal for them. Mm -hmm. We are running out of those rooms. I think there's about eight left at that price. My room Otherwise, was stunning last year. Yeah, yeah, there's the rate, but there's, you know, tons of hotels around there. So mm -hmm. I guess if you're from out of town, that's your big expense would just be hotels, I guess. All right. We will be back with J.D. DeWitt right after this message. <laughs> 
stay right where you are. There's more Lit Up right after this. I'd like to invite you to subscribe to Lit Up on iTunes. You can subscribe also on toginet.com. It's all about having a more lucrative, creative career and picking the brains of experts that have walked those steps ahead of you. And be sure to share it with someone else that you know is really interested in building a lucrative, creative career. Has anyone ever said to you, man, that'd make a good story, or you should put that down on paper, but you don't feel like you can do it? Those fears in your head, who cares about what I have to say? Who would read anything I wrote anyway? I'm not special enough. If those are the fears flying through your mind like a plague of locusts, eating up your confidence each time you sit down to write, all those fears and more boil down to one problem, feeling unworthy. But you are worthy. God gave you a voice and all those ideas swirling in your head for a reason, to write them so that you can touch another person's heart. Let's tackle those fears together because you are worthy to write. Pick up your copy of Worthy to Write on Amazon in ebook or in paperback. Pick up a copy of the Captive Brides collection today. Great historic romances, perfect for any season. You can get it online or at your favorite local retailer. We're glad you're back for more Lit Up. Now here's your host, Angela Breidenbach. And we are back with my guest, J.D. DeWitt. You're here with me, Angela Breidenbach, on Lit Up Radio. And I'd like to just share with you how a little bit of things going to change for Lit Up Radio. This is our one-year anniversary, and it's been really exciting to be able to bookend it with J.D. DeWitt. And very exciting kind of a thing for me. And because I really believe in the conference that she's doing, it's a fabulous conference with great opportunity for a lot of people. Lit Up, by the way, is going to morph. I've been doing Lit Up for a year, and it's about the industry and for people that want to have a lucrative career in the industry. But I have heard from readers and past listeners of a show called Historically Speaking that they really miss that part of it, too. And I can't do two shows. So in speaking with my executive producer, um, who, by the way, owns Beck Media, Sandra Beck, we've decided to morph Lit Up and Historically Speaking so that listeners can get the best of both worlds. So Lit Up is going to be a segment within Historically Speaking, and Historically Speaking is going to be true historical romances, genealogy, getting to know a lot more about the elements of Uh, history and how they affect us in today's world, which is a really fun, fascinating thing for me, being a genealogist and a historical author. But with Lit Up, we're still going to have our opportunity to interview people like J.D., who brings so much to the table for those of us who really do want to have a more lucrative, creative career. With that in mind, J.D., I would like to know how you blend your brand and how this conference came to be behind the scenes, how you blend your love of writers and Hollywood. How do you do this, bringing a conference to life? Yeah, it it feeds both of my passions in terms of entertainment and reading. I think it's no secret that I love authors. I love books. I have, since I was like 10, shut myself up in my room and would just read, read, read. Me too. (laughs) And I also, yeah, I think I think that's most of us who still have a passion for that, right? Mm -hmm. I still actually like to hold the paper books. I have a really hard time when I have to read something on my Kindle. But, um, and then I love 
TV. I love actors. I, I was a talent agent for five years and really got to see that part of the industry. So I get to combine the two, which is, like I said, I have it, my dream job and it's just amazing. Wow. So because of that, I, about five or six years ago, thought, how can I combine those and what is different? What is not being done? And in terms of conferences, I get invited to them to take pitches and I've attended as, you know, an attendee. And I thought, I really can't think of any that combine authors to sit in front of a producer and pitch their stuff. Now there's, Hollywood has those conferences where where a screenwriter can go and, and do some quick four minute pitches, speed date style to mm-hmm. uh, studios, but nothing that really lent itself to book to film. So I created Connecting Writers with Hollywood to bring Hollywood industry pro- you know, professionals to us in Spokane. We have this region, including Idaho, Montana, Oregon, Seattle. We have a really great hub of talented people. Mm-hmm. So I thought bring those guys here and give that opportunity to not just pitch, but to learn from these guys. And my conference, it's unique in the sense of, I think I've alluded to this before, but I, my presenters are aware that I expect them to be accessible and available. And so I also have a cap on my conference attendance because I want it to have that small, uh, more intimate atmosphere instead of there's, you know, 600 attendees running around from here to there. And there's so many classes to choose from and you you feel like you're missing out because you can't, you know, there's eight, eight workshops to choose from and you have to choose one and you're missing out, right? right. <laughs> so I have two, two going at the same time. So you're not too, too torn. And one is geared towards screenwriters and the other is always geared for authors. Mm-hmm. So I try not to make you feel too torn. But the thing, the new thing we're doing this year is called Connect Groups, where I actually am making the presenters, even if they're teaching a workshop and taking pitches, they are going to host a connect group of about 20 people can sign up per speaker. Mm-hmm. And they will spend 50 minutes just having a conversation, a Q&A, whatever the attendees throw at them, they will answer. It's not a time for pitching. But so that's kind of a unique thing that I have not seen at other conferences. I um, love that idea. <laughs> Because I'm sitting here thinking about what we talked about in the last segment, you know, taking a book and pitching it to somebody. And I'm sitting here going, I don't, I'm not really even sure how to come up with the log line for that book. I mean, I know what the description is for the back cover, but you don't have that kind of time to catch a Hollywood producer or a Hollywood director's, uh, you know, attention. It's Mm got to be in like 30 words or less. And that is a really hard thing to do because they speak in a different language. So yeah. I think that would be a great yeah. way to be able to have some back and forth and say, okay, I've got this description. What's actual language that would work for a log line? Is that a kind of a question I could ask? I think so. Yeah. Um, and just to even ask them, what are you looking for? What makes you excited? about the project. I would really try to get as much information from that producer or or whoever while you've got him. So could you, sorry, Angela, I didn't do this last year, but if you had had, had, you know, you met, you felt like your, your opportunity with Brian. um, And I also give 10 minutes one-on-one pitches. So you Mm -hmm. get a little bit more. It's not exactly 
basically speed date style. But, Mm -hmm. you know, so you feel like your pitch time with him didn't go as you would have wanted with all of those things that came up. If you could have sat in a connect group with him and just let him get to know you a little bit over a 50 minute time, you would have felt like that might have been redeemed or you would at least have had that chance. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited because I have Rich Peluso, who is the executive vice president of Sony, a firm coming, and he's he's going to do a keynote. But I thought there's no way I, I'll be able to get him to do a connect group because um, he's taking pitches and he's doing all these things. And, and I shared it with him and, and he said, of course, I'll do that. So you just can't get and he's one who will actually can green light a project if anyone doesn't know what that means. You start pitching your work to somebody and the person who actually green lights it is maybe 10 degrees away from that person. So they've got a lot of work cut out for them to get a lot of yeses along the way. But Rich is a green lighter. And so if he gets intrigued with your project, you're you're doing pretty good. <laughs> so that's really that's, cool. Yeah. So I do have them doing connect groups. Stay right where you are. There's more Lit Up right after this. Has anyone ever said to you, man, that'd make a good story, or you should put that down on paper, but you don't feel like you can do it? Those fears in your head, I can't let anyone read my stories. Who cares about what I have to say? Who would read anything I wrote anyway? I'm not special enough or original enough. If those are the fears flying through your mind like a plague of locusts, eating up your confidence each time you sit down to write, all those fears and more boil down to one problem, feeling unworthy. But you are worthy. God gave you a voice and all those ideas swirling in your head for a reason. To write them so that you can make a difference in the world, so that you can touch another person's heart. Let's tackle those fears together, because you are worthy to write. Pick up your copy of Worthy to Write on Amazon in ebook or in paperback. Discover how the troubles from your past have prepared you for a beautiful future in Gems of Wisdom by Angela Breidenbach. In Gems of Wisdom, you'll learn how to forgive emotional pirates, better manage negative people, tough situations, and face your fears. Become the woman of courage, confidence, and candor you want to be. Get your copy of Gems of Wisdom, The Treasure of Experience Today, wherever books are sold or at AngelaBreidenbach.com. I'd like to invite you to subscribe to Lit Up on iTunes. It's all about having a more lucrative, creative career and picking the brains of experts that have walked those steps ahead of you. And be sure to share it with someone else that you know is really interested in building a lucrative, creative career. We're glad you're back for more Lit Up. Now here's your host, Angela Breidenbach. Can I share a new a new oh, producer? Oh, absolutely. Well, only because he just came on board yesterday, and wow, we get the scoop. <laughs> he is he is bringing himself. He wanted to come. This is how eager producers are for good material. He's mm-hmm. flying himself from Atlanta, Georgia, to come to our conference to hear pitches. I've also got him doing a connect group, and his name is Bobby Downs. Wow. He is the, he's the founder of Christian Cinema. Really? He, he is taking pitches for him, but also on behalf of his brother, who's a director at Giving Films. 
and they just did the small, you know, little movie called I Can Only Imagine. Oh, I loved that movie. We just went to see it, took my mother-in-law. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. such a great movie. So we've got Bobby Downs coming to take pitches, and that's just the caliber of people we have that are really looking for material. And I want, you know, the reality to attendees is it's hard. You know, you have to just get it with the right person. But the other reality is Hollywood is genuinely looking for content. You think you hear that they've got a huge slush pile of all this stuff and they do, but they're still looking for, I am even still looking for, I am tasked by my employer Mm-hmm. to find certain material. So I what, are you, look- what are you looking for <laughs> and what is Bobby Downs looking for? I mean, start with you. I'm looking for, well, let me, I think it'll be easier if I tell you what I'm working on. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah. And so, you can tell us what you're not looking for because it's, it's awful to get inundated yeah. with material that it's like you can't do anything with. So I, I think it's easier to say what I'm not looking for because mm-hmm. like everyone else, it's just really bad to say this, but I know it when I see it, just like in the buffet line. <laughs> yeah. I knew it when I heard it. <laughs> I know, and you're not so, sure what you're hungry for when you're going up to a buffet line. This is a really good analogy. Yeah. I'm just saying. You go up and you're yeah. like, oh, yeah, they have everything. And you're yeah. like, yeah. And you, you end up choosing certain things that you like and putting those on your plate. So it's the same thing, which is why that's a hilarious analogy. But <laughs> That is perfect. <laughs> Personally, what I'm not looking for is sci-fi fantasy Mm -hmm. or children's, Mm -hmm. mostly because I don't know what to do with those things. Those don't fit in what I pitch to others. Mm -hmm. So I would do a disservice to anybody who would be wanting to pitch those things to me. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's why. What we're working on now, and this, this should be an encouragement to uh, independent publishers. Mm -hmm. We optioned a self-published book that has, this is really bad to say too, because it goes against what everyone else is saying, but there's (laughs) not a huge, there's not a lot of sales for this book, this series, Mm -hmm. like sales are minimal, but the concept is original enough that it's really a cool, it's really a cool story. And so it may be that the the sales are minimal because it really belongs on the big screen or on TV. And that that's, well, that's part the of the that's part of the elements of this is figuring out yeah. your job as a literary manager is what's the actual medium that fits this storytelling best, yep. right? Yeah, definitely. And so we've commissioned a screenplay out of it and we are, we've just attached a director and a line producer. This line producer has worked on huge movies like Mission Impossible. And when you're saying line producer, do you mean somebody who's looking at sequels or, you know, what do you, trilogies? What, what is a line producer? A line producer is the nuts and bolts of a production. He is going to do the budget breakdown and um, location scouting and, and all the nitty gritty that goes into beginning a production. Um, So he's someone that you have to have on board, but you have to also appeal to what they want to work on too. So Mm -hmm. it's just exciting for this author to see this take shape. And that's my job as a director of development is to develop something that literally is just a book with hardly any audience, right? Mm -hmm. So 
So that is a young adult pretty drama. Good. Yeah, and that's a pretty good uh, yeah. arena to be in right now, especially for TV yeah. and movie. Are you developing it as a movie or a TV series? As a feature film, a movie, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the next one is something that was pitched to me in one of these speed dating <laughs> things that I really don't like. I call uh, them speed dating too, and I don't like them either, but they're, un- uh, they're a necessity. <laughs> yeah, so somebody has four minutes to pitch to me, and I spend the first two minutes calming them down. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, because they're nervous. But I do guy, that with people coming on to be interviewed on the radio. I spend the first yeah, few minutes course. calming down, you know, hey, this is normal, you're going to be fine, I edit. <laughs> I do believe you did that to me last year. <laughs> You calmed me down, so it was I was on the other end. But the, the next, another scenario of what what I can develop into is not something we're actually going to produce ourselves. But it's a one it's one book by a self published author. Mm-hmm. He does have a platform, and he's getting a lot of attention. His book is called Zeus is Dead, mm-hmm. and it's a complete fantasy comedy that I would never probably pick up and read on my own, but he pitched it to me and he gave me his log line and I thought this can go somewhere because I know what people are looking for. Mm-hmm. And so I also am represented by a talent, not a talent, an agency in Hollywood. And so when I get something, I give it to them and then they'll they'll take they'll like it or hate it and then they'll do whatever with it. But Zeus is dead is on its way to being pitched by a team of writers that I have nothing to do with to the stars. Wow. Cable so network. This whole thing so of being a literary manager, uh, being a writer, being represented and also representing, it's more like, <laughs> it's more like you're creating this layer cake where all the ingredients yeah. go in to create different layers and then there's frosting that gets put on and then somebody else comes along and puts on the decorations and then you can put it in the bakery window. Yep. You get your completed item there. Wow. So it's just fun. Like nothing is ever the same. I don't even know what your question was, Angela. But... You did great. That was, you answered the question <laughs> and then we got off onto some really great detail of the okay. question. So you're just, okay. you're just fine. <laughs> And so, um, All right. so then the next part of that question, though, is what is Bobby Downs looking for? Well, anything that is obviously he, he's going to be looking for faith based material, mm-hmm. and and I can't speak for him in this because I'm not 100 percent sure, but I will say that historicals are a really, really challenging sale right now. Mm -hmm. So I would think he was not looking for historicals, but I could be wrong. I know. You never Um, know until you have the Hardys, right? (laughs) When comes a heart. Nobody was looking for historical, and then there's when comes a heart. And so you just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know. Um, As far as movies, though, that that would be the hard sell is historicals. But Mm – I think he never really said what he was looking for, except for good content, which is not very helpful to say. So I didn't want to say it, but <laughs> yeah, we all he's hear it. For content. <laughs> <laughs> and we can see everybody's eyes rolling out in the audience, right? <laughs> I know. Yeah. He's not looking for bad content. He's looking for good content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Family drama. Think along the lines of sweet romance, you know, think pure flicks type of material, only, you know, higher drama, more edgy, like I can only imagine. So I would go if you if you have anything in in like that for Bobby, that would be good. 
Okay. Rich Peluso is the Sony Affirm. What's he looking producer. for? He's looking for anything that is a true story with obviously redemption. You know, they did, oh my goodness, with Jennifer Garner, Heaven. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, with her little girl, the, the little yes, girl. Mm-hmm. they did that. Things that are widely known mm-hmm. and a true story with redemption. I do know he he mentioned this to me last summer, so I'm not sure if it still applies. But he is looking for kind of an edgy faith based, like a a cop show, a serial series where like detective sort of thing. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I know the detective stories are always are always great. But, procedural. Um, That's the mm-hmm. word I'm looking for. He's looking for a procedural. I have somebody in mind I'll have to, to mention to you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Because I think you might like her work. Anyway, um, that's really cool. Okay, so who else is looking for stuff that's coming to the conference? Don't you love my technical well, jargon? Stuff. <laughs> yes. I have, um, I'm really excited about her. Her name is Sherry Smiley. She's with Gotham Group. And if you look them up, they're really, they're pretty big in Hollywood and do a lot of stuff that's out there. Sherry is a literary manager who negotiated the deal Gone Girl Mm -hmm. and the deal Wild that Reese Witherspoon's company did. So she's looking for books to turn into film. So that would be, you know, those two are good examples of what, what intrigues Sherry. Oh, those are some really good tips because that's that's actually quite a variety from yeah. Sony wanting true with redemption and and then faith based detective procedural and then Bobby mm-hmm. Downs wanting, you know, good faith based and and I think you I heard contemporary drama. Yeah. Okay, that's really good to put in contemporary. And then and I'm gonna jot these in our show notes for listeners, so I think that's just really a cool opportunity for people yeah. to understand what's happening and what's out there. And we, Sherry does the more dark, you know, dark mainstream women's fiction stuff. Dark mainstream women's fiction. Um, again, that is a log line for each person, isn't it? It's it's building out what their brand is, what they're looking for. We just kind of gave you a little bit of a brand slash log line for the people that are coming to the conference that are looking for stuff. <laughs> Again, that technical word stuff. So so let's, we have a couple of minutes left and I don't want to miss anything that you want to share. So do share right now. What is it that you think is most important for listeners? If they want to come or learn about connecting writers with Hollywood conference, which is connecting writers, C W W H. 2018.com, correct? Yeah. What do you think is most important that we haven't talked about that you need to share about the conference? Okay. I think just being prepared. If hopefully attendees know what a writer knows what a one sheet is, and if not, you can explain that to them in a bit if you want. But Mm -hmm. having a one sheet prepared beforehand, whether or not you give it away, is something good that you can have on hand and something that you can mentally have in your mind when you're talking to people. Prepared that way. Research the speakers. You know, you'll get the most out of the conference if you know what to expect. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also have a fact question, you know, a fact section on our website too. I'm available for questions anytime. Uh, My email is jd at jddwitt.com. 
And so email me if you have any questions, but just be prepared. We will, a little bit of a rundown is Thursday when you get there, we'll have a welcome session and then we will spend nearly two hours with anyone who wants to participate and help them walk through their pitches, help them nail down their log line. All of those things are really important and can make, you can represent yourself best being prepared that way in front of your 10 minute pitch session. And then Sherry Smiley is our keynote speaker on Thursday night. Friday morning, we have a, all of the presenters will be on a panel and they will introduce themselves and share what they're looking for. And after that, we will break out into pitches and then our workshops and things like that. Oh, one fun thing that's new this year, mm-hmm. too, is we're having a table read. And that is taking a script and hiring a director and hiring actors And they sit around the table and they read the writer's script out loud as if they were acting. Having a live table read for an author, a screenwriter, is really, really incredible because you will be able to know if the audience is reacting the way you meant for them to react, right? It's the best criticism or the best critique you can get because... If the if you're writing a comedy and none of the actors can portray it the way you wrote it or even laugh themselves, then you know you've got some work to do, right? right. So we have that. And what's neat is Dave Trottier, author of the Screenwriter's Bible, which is literally used in all of the colleges, screenwriting courses, film courses in L.A., <laughs> is going to be sitting in on that read. Wow. So do people who are attending get the opportunity to pay to have their stuff read or did you as a conference hire this and you're just choosing one to read? How's that working? Eastern Washington University has a film program and so the professor has 40 film students and what what I do with our sponsorships, so when people sponsor money towards our conference, mm-hmm. I don't take it. I let it go towards sponsoring college kids, college writers. Wow. And so, yeah, so our sponsors have covered eight college students to come. And so this professor out of her 40 students is selecting the top screenplay from her students to be read. That is so So awesome. It's great. I'm super thrilled about that. And the fact that our audience, our attendees can hear that, it will help you go back. If you're a writer, going back to the drawing board and be like, oh, I I need to jack this up a little bit or, you know, whatever. What scares me is like, then I see it and I go, oh, I can't present mine now. (laughs) (laughs) But what a cool learning, you know, opportunity. So we've got that going on. We have our open mic again. Yeah. I just think you should come. I, I just don't feel like nobody that I heard was disappointed last year. I'm sure if they were great. I didn't hear about it, but I, I asked for honest feedback, and the feedback I got was all positive, and I, I just didn't think we could top last year, but I kind of feel like we are. <laughs> oh, with the extra things that you're putting in from having attended last year, I can tell you it's topping last year, but last year was fantastic. 
And I really yeah. felt like it was a conference I could believe in, that I could get behind and promote. And that's why I wanted to have you back because I felt like this is such a valuable resource and you are so professional in the way that you do it. And you are also very approachable and fun to talk to. So I just want to thank you for being with me today and respect your time because I know you have another appointment that you need to get to. But thank you so much, J.D. DeWitt, for being with me, Angela Breidenbach, on Lit Up Radio. And where can we find you online, J.D.? Uh, JDDeWitt.com. And you can find me at AngelaBreidenbach.com and all my social medias at Ange Breidenbach, A-N-G-B-R-E-I-D-E-N-B-A-C-H. And I promise you, if you miss connecting writers with Hollywood, you will regret it. You need to go. Thank you so much for being with me today, J.D. Thanks, Angela. You bet. Thank you for joining us on Lit Up. Light up your literary world. Expand your imagination. Enhance your life. Lit Up will be back next week with another great conversation. Join us, won't you, right here on Lit Up. I'd rather be